It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome. This is Jeff Smith. I am back. I have been uh, gone on some vacation to Europe and uh, so happy to be back with you and really looking forward to today's show. I've got our guest is the world-renowned uh, book author, traveler extraordinaire. <laughs> what else do you want me to say about you, Jonathan? <laughs> you know, uh, happily married. That's happily married. That's my okay. life. I, that's a good, I don't think it gets better than that. So I think his, his best to say decision was marrying Mary. So, uh, you oh, know, yeah, nice yeah, shout yeah. out to Mary. So, and that will probably be a topic of our conversation. So, uh, I've got Jonathan Hagmeyer on the line with me. Jonathan's been on the show once before. But in the meantime, we've written a book together. We've um, it's launched. So, our conversation today is really going to be centered around lessons learned in this uh, this book that I'll share in just a second. I know some of you are going to want to reach out to us today. So, if you want to call us during the show, it's one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. I'll also be checking emails during the show. If you want to uh, shoot us an email, it's jeff at voltageleadership.com. And then during the week, if you want to find us, we can be reached at uh, voltageleadership.com or on Facebook at Voltage Leadership or jeff at Voltage Leadership on LinkedIn. So Jonathan Hagmeyer uh, was the founder of a company called Interactive Achievement that he found with a couple of his friends that we will talk about uh, as we go through this. And they built it up from really the couch to almost 100 employees serving multiple states. It was educational software that really revolutionized the way teachers were able to teach in the classroom and help the students achieve even greater success. And John and and the founders uh, sold the company back in uh, uh, late January of 2016. And we worked together throughout that process. John is now the moved on and is the CEO of Commonwealth. It is a private equity firm that's trying to help invest and help others grow their businesses. So John wasn't content just doing it one time. He wants to help others grow. So, John, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Absolutely. So, um, you know, John, this book, Aha to All In, Life Lessons from an Unexpected Entrepreneur, you know, it's a great title. You know, maybe just tell me a little bit about what was your inspiration for writing the book, first and foremost? Well, I, I think one of the inspiration, I, I, I've received uh, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a lot of contact about, you know, what happened, uh, how do we do it, um, mm-hmm. what was it like selling, how did you decide to sell, why did you sell, um, uh, just, and then those questions, once answered, were uh, opened up doors to others, and it just kept going, and so... And I thought that, sat, <clears throat> sat down and thought, you know, why, why not write a book about the whole journey of which is really based upon, you know, a couple of themes in, the, in, in, in our life and in the book, um, basically that uh, put smarter people uh, around you, uh, find mentors and coaches in your life, whether you start a company or not, uh, and listen, and um uh, things like that, power, uh, empower people and hold them accountable, uh, just all those things that we learned throughout the uh, journey that was at times the 
highest of highs and at times the lowest of lows. And, <laughs> and we survived. Uh, we survived it together. Uh, none, none of us survived it individually. And um, it, takes, it did take executive coaching. It did take friendships. It took mentors and, and um, to go from an aha moment that lasted 10 years and grew mm. from this small little pin to this, this massive haystack, this, ne- this small little needle to a massive haystack that was touched and grown and massaged and changed and redirected by thousands of people. And that was the aha moment, which was not really the, the moment. And then the, we had to constantly push all in. All of us did, uh, even employees who didn't own the company. And it was a mm-hmm. heck of a journey. So that's what kind of led us to the book. Yeah, and you've kind of alluded to it here, but this uh, the aha to all in. You know, uh, maybe just uh, you, you, the, at the outset, you know, the aha is one of the things you talk about. It's the aha, mo- aha moment never ends. It keeps kind of coming back and back and back. And then I'm not sure everyone, you know, I know you like to play poker and cards and all that are all, all familiar with the all in concept. So maybe just help us understand what's an aha moment and what do you mean when you say to go all in? Yeah, uh, an aha moment is, is when you have an idea that you think um, can actually um, help or change something and mm-hmm. to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I would say it, an aha moment, something that uh, when, when you have it, what's, what uh, most people will say, well, that's really logical, or yeah, that's pretty simple, or why didn't I think of that? Wow, you know, so that's that aha moment. And pushing all in basically means you can't dabble your toe, you can't get others to do it for you. It is when you push your chips all in, means you, you can't take them off the table. You're mm-hmm. either going to win or you're going to lose. And, and most people don't want to do that. I would tell you that's not something that uh, people sit around and go, wow, I wish I could do that. Uh, I think that just for me, there was just, I just failed so many times in my life. You just kind of become numb at times. You don't, you know, your pride just, you don't have it. You know, <laughs> I'm on ego and I'm on pride. I did have a lot. I had more ego and pride than probably all your listeners combined uh, in my <laughs> 20s. And then by my 30s, they were gone. So. Uh, the all-in is you pushing it in. You don't. You don't get to take it off the table. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great uh, segue there, John. The the all-in. Um, you know, so many of our listeners, you know, they've got great ideas, but it's like there's something that blocks them from going all in. And so, what maybe helped you to go all in? And having worked with you for multiple years, I know that it was all in multiple times. Whether it was changing your leadership team to bringing on an investor to expanding to f- further states to deciding to sell the company. Like, can you just maybe walk us through? Because a lot of people walk up to that line of thinking they might want to go all in, but they don't quite cross the line. How were you able to do that successfully multiple times? Well, I think it began with, I think so. It's really funny how that kind of grew over time also. You know, it began with um, some people in my life when I write in the book about Will Kramer and Dr. Long mm-hmm. helped write the book also. Uh, kind of prepared me for my 30s uh, to be ready to accept um, the help I got to go all in. And that would have been from my wife, Mary, and Matt Mahler and Jacob Gibson. And I say that well, I didn't go all in on my own. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people think they're alone. They're afraid to give up equity. They're afraid to give other people power or empower them. Where 
we all took the approach. We were in it together. We all were all in together. If we lost, we lost together. And if we won, we won together. And then from that moment, all the other all-in moments just kind of, kind of like the aha moment, it was, it was built on by others. And so, you know, the mentors, uh, you as an executive coach, helped us make those decisions. And Matt Spessler as our investor um, uh, helped us get to those, okay, we're going to push all in. We can lose it. This, it will, that is possible. You, you could lose everything. But if we do this and we risk it, we could be five times better, ten times better, 100 times better. And so to be able to do it, I watch people who are so afraid to do it, and I see like they're on their own, and they, they want me to join in with them. They well, why don't you come all in with me? And it's, <laughs> it's, it's some things I would. There are some things I absolutely would go, oh, sure, I'm going to do that. You know, but um, uh, you really need to not do it on your own. I would tell you, you know, some people say, well, I don't have a Matt Mahler who was a brilliant programmer. And I would, you know, my answer to that would be to everybody is, I didn't know he was a brilliant programmer. He was just one hell of a friend that would mm. step in front of a bus for me. And he, when he said he's going all in, I knew what that meant. Same with my wife and the same with Jacob. So that would be my advice. Yeah, we've got uh, probably about three minutes till break here. So what? What? Let's touch on the first topic around relationships. You know, you kind of alluded to that. You know, with Mary, Matt, and Jacob being the original founders of the company, and then throughout, it, it really is a theme. You know, why did you want to dedicate so much of the book to relationships? Why was that so critical to you? I, I think all your success is based on relationships in life, whether it's your marriage, your business relationship, your friendships. Um, uh, your community relationships, they're, they're all the same. It, it's, mm. it's a relationship, and in a, in a very solid, um, healthy relationship, there's trust and there's communication. That's it. I don't read anything else into it. There's trust and there's communication. Now, there's decisions that will be made, but there's trust and there's communication, and that's what it was so important for me. Um, I would tell you... I. I, I had to learn how to get out of my own way. I had to learn how to trust others, and they had better ideas or different ideas, and but just got to the same spot. I would tell you, um, I had to learn to um, communicate, and mm-hmm. the best way to communicate is to listen, and not to sit there and hear somebody, and you're thinking about the seven things you want to say after they're done speaking, but actually listen to people. Hmm. And so that's why relationships are so important. You won't be successful without that. And just you won't. And you can't do it on your own. So. Well, John, I think that's brilliant. And uh, part of the way I describe that listening is often with leaders I work with, they're listening to show where they're going to be brilliant or correct the other person or drive them to to their result. What I appreciate about your listening, John, was you were really listening for the best idea, the the best that could come from this discussion. And I think that's a sign of maturity and growth. So I'd want to make sure that listeners understand when we say listen, it's not listen to prove yourself right. It really was listening to understand what was going on and how can we find the best solution and often the words weren't as important. You, you were really brilliant at reading the body language and seeing if people really were all in with you or were they just sort of saying the words. So I think you had a really right. great ability to pick that up in the relationships as well. Right. If, here's what I would say to just to jump on that is, is if you can't uh, get people to go all in with you, then you shouldn't do it. 
Then, mm. then, then it's, it's something needs to change. Um, and people just, they, a lot of people can't see that. And I was the same way. I want you all to know. I went to rehab. <laughs> I went to relationship rehab and uh, figured the, the, the golden rule, it's just not about me. And once you mm-hmm. figure that out, you can now listen and grow your relationships. Oh, that's great. That's, that's fantastic, John. Let me go ahead and summarize this first section. Um, so, you know, a lot about trust and communication. Um, all in doesn't mean that you're doing it by yourself. You're going all in with others um, and helping them understand Aha doesn't happen just one time. It's a moment that occurs regularly, and we'll continue to talk about sort of how you build that up, up and around your team, as well as learn to get out of your own way. You know, it's not all about you, and we'll we'll build on that in the second segment. So thanks for being with us so far today. Uh, John's going to be here for the whole show, so if you get an email or phone call, reach out to us, and we'll talk to you in two minutes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back and so glad you could join us today. I'm on air today with Jonathan Hagmeyer. Jonathan uh, recently wrote the book, Aha to All In, Life Lessons from an Unexpected Entrepreneur. I had the privilege, along with Bill Long, to uh, write the book with John. So this is uh, Friendships uh, Reunited. We, in fact, John, we haven't even seen each other since the night we launched. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I immediately traveled to Europe. You've been to, you know, New York and and uh, Seattle and all kind of other places in the meantime. So uh, you know, that was a heck of a heck of a night and a great launch. So really enjoyable. Um, John, I want to you know help people sort of understand these listeners. 
you know, they're like, wow, this sounds like such a great success story. And, and you know, it, it can almost sound easy. You know, having been along for, for some of the ride and certainly with writing the book, you know, you guys, it wasn't easy at the very beginning, but you did have some success. And then we entered a section where in the book you call it the pit of despair. Can you maybe tell us about some of that early success? And then what was this pit of despair that you guys landed in? Yeah, the book is written in three time periods. And the first time period, like you said, we were just like skyrocketing. You know, we were growing uh, exponentially each year, you know, hundreds and hundreds of uh, percentage points uh, from year over year growth. I mean, uh, uh, we were retaining all of our customers. The world was just awesome. Um, And then uh, some things just came to light and fruition. And that was our program was not built for the growth that we had, so we had to stop and rewrite your program. And those of you on listening right now and just heard those words and have gone through it, uh, if I could hug you and you could hug me, we'd probably do it, knowing what that (laughs) meant to rewrite a whole application. Uh, Number two was not having the right people in the right seats, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the right talent uh, to get us to that next level. Um, and, and making those realizations and having to make those hard decisions financially and from a friendship standpoint. And we ended up, uh, Jeff and I talk about this, of, um, you know, we were, on the, we were the Virginia Small Business of the Year, uh, and we were also on the Inc. 500 list, and every day I woke up thinking we were going out of business. And um, it was so hard. It was, it was hard from a relationship, friendship. It was hard on my marriage. It was hard on our employees, hard on our clients. I mean, it was just three years of the pit of despair. And if you ever watched The Princess Bride, nobody survives the machine. And that's what it <laughs> felt like. It was sucking the life out of us every day. Um, but uh, we did come out into the golden age the last three years of, uh, of IA. So that's what the pit of despair was. Maybe, John, you know, uh, we, we have listeners all over, right? You know, so we may have just scared some entrepreneurs from going into this. Um, but I think it's good <laughs> that they, they get real reality. You and I were on a shared uh, yeah. email text with a with a, a friend of ours um, yesterday about that's getting ready to launch. Um, yep. You know, what, what I'd say is I think it's good. You know, you and I both are entrepreneurs. We were probably we, – we had people that told us this, but I'm glad that we can share this part of it. Uh, and letting people know, hey, this is real, you know, and some of that success that comes early can almost be fool's gold because it, it's almost like, oh, this isn't that hard. This is easy. Right. What what got you sort of through the pit of despair? What, what was, you know, sort of the things that kept you knowing that you were on the right track and you're moving in the right direction? Because I'm sure that some of our listeners are, are maybe in that pit of despair like – I, I don't know what what should I be looking for. So so what were the well, I had of the, uh, the, the mentors and coaches uh, in my okay. life were uh, probably the, the most abundant at the time. Yeah. Um, 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 I had Dr. Long who as an executive coach, and then you as an executive coach to what I called the three wise men that I had lunch with every month. The most successful businessmen that I knew um, would have lunch with me, and and I would just pour. I mean, literally, and when I say pour my heart out, I did. And uh, like it's just almost a cry. Was almost like I would say it was a cry for help. And um, what was great about it is, once again, I would tell you all on the phone, you're not going it alone, and you feel like you are at times. But if you open up and trust people, once again, building those relationships, um, uh, you're you're not alone. 
And, and sometimes others carried you, even though you felt like you had to carry it all the time. Uh, that I look back now, there were times that Matt Mahler, who him and I, during that time period, um, I didn't know if we were going to be friends after 30 years of friendship. Uh, there were times I look back, he carried me. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, my wife, the same thing to uh, just those mentors. You're, you're not alone. And the reason why you have to go through that, um, I think most com- all companies will go through that time period. It's when you come out that other end. It's make, when you make those right decisions to get to the next level. Um, uh, you can't do that without failing. And I think this whole generation coming up, it terrifies me. Uh, my daughter had a uh, great first semester, struggled a little bit in the second semester, and I told her, I said, it's not failing unless you do it twice in a row. Mm-hmm. So if you make mm-hmm. the same decision and same mistakes again, then, yeah, you're right. But we all should push ourselves and should fail and take too many classes sometimes, and some of those are hard classes, and we all make poor decisions. But in the end, we learn from those decisions. I made so many poor decisions as the CEO of Interactive Achievement. I owned that. I owned those bad relationships. And that was how I made it. I, I had the opportunity to make it better was I first owned it and then went out and found help. Yeah, John, let me just tease that out for our listeners because, um, you know, I got to witness some of that. Um, I can remember asking the question, how long were you, were you willing to accept mediocrity? You know, it was, yeah. it, and the reason I was saying that was that the people that had been able to help you grow from, you know, four employees to 25 employees, they were excellent. But I could come oh, in and see absolutely. that the ones that were going to take you from 25 to 100 and beyond, they, they just, that wasn't their sweet spot. They weren't bad people. They just weren't the sweet spot. And what right. John did that, that most people don't do was twofold. One, he asked for help. And so, you know, and he was really honest about his need. Too many of the entrepreneurs and leaders that I work with, they, they hole up in the office more. Um, they go to just a friend or two to tell their side of the story and that it's the employee's fault or it's the investor's fault or the banker's fault or whomever, right? So John, what John did really well was he was honest about assessing the situation and then he listened and took action. And so lots of us go and seek feedback and then don't do anything about it. So John not only recognized that he was in the pit of despair, but he also went and sought the feedback out and took the time to go listen and apply it. And so too many of you, when you're stuck, you try to hole up, you try to find the answer on Google or with just a friend or two. John went out and found people that were going to be honest and brutal and really hold them accountable. So, so John, I've always respected you for that. Yeah, and that's, um, once again, you pride and ego, set it aside. You know, I watch so many companies today, uh, you know, from an, uh, as we look at companies, and, and you try to help them, and, <laughs> and it's okay because they're going to make some of their own mistakes also. You try to give them some of that advice, but I watch it. Uh, it's really hard. People have a really hard time with uh, friendships and um, uh, people that have worked for them a while, and they think they're talented, and in the end, they're not the ones to get them to the next level. But if you can get them in the right seats now, they get to stay, they get to stay with you for the trip. Mm. And they're not going to be your chief operating officer, your chief technology officer, your chief financial officer. In the end, some may get there. But I, I don't know um, who will and who won't. I don't have that. Uh, but I can tell you from experience, it's, it's almost impossible um, 
to watch a lot of people, like you said, uh, under the 30, under the 35 employees that are going to get to that 70, 75 employees in those type of positions. So it's hard. You've got to make that decision. And I try to help because if you can get people in the right position, so you're really the director of X instead of the C level of X, and you, and you watch that person really flourish at that level, they're going to have a chance at the end when you do sell or you go public or like something great happens to be part of that. So. Yeah, and you know this doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs, right? So you know I work with a lot of large organizations, and I'm amazed at how many people are really hesitant to uh, go and seek honest feedback and really push themselves. They kind of move into that, what I call the zombie zone, John, where it's kind of like they get up and here's what I do Monday through Friday. And, you know, they think, say things like, you know, uh, it's hump day Wednesday. Thank God it's Friday. And they don't really push themselves. And I think the, the what led you out of the pit of despair was you pushing yourself, but then pushing the managers of your organization to start enlisting with you setting the strategy with you, you holding them accountable to goals, and then quite honestly, moving a few people and having a tough conversation with a few people to get them in the right spots. That can happen yeah. at a 100-person company or at a 44,000-person company. It's having that courage. Yeah. Well, you know what's really interesting is um, uh, when you when you truly empower and hold people accountable, um, uh, the, the, the whole key to that is the honest conversation. And I would say the last three years, I, I really did. I had some very brutal, hard conversations. And, you know, many of them made it through and did a great job for us. I mean, just really did. And they went basically from the executive team to what we called our senior leadership team. And and I went from a vice president to a director, you know, um, from a C-level down to a, a director or even a VP. But in the end, they, they had to make that choice, too. It wasn't mm-hmm. just John great John saying you need to do that in the end they had to agree and say you know what you know I'm going to be the best at this and I'm going to head down this path and and those are the people as employees that man boy you just never want to lose them you know they were just very selfless and uh, just very generous well you know I think that's an important point when we say all in you know you as a leader um, the all in doesn't have to be you know, someone's the vice president. What I was really impressed with, uh, John, for interactive achievement and, and your ability to lead was the number of people that were maybe front lines and dealing with the teachers or, you know, dealing with the students who they would go all in and, you know, pull off amazing stories. And, you know, some of these were, you know, folks that barely graduated high school, maybe didn't have college, but they were so thankful for the chance that they went all in and, and really were partners with you. Right. Right. The whole way. You know, yeah. and, and they were pushing their personal chips in, too, um, to say, you know, no matter what, I'm not leaving. Um, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And, man, that, that, that is gold. That is, you cannot <laughs> let that go. You have to foster that. You have to foster that culture. You, you have to give them the opportunity. You know, we always rip on millennials. This is what, I guess, probably the millennials will rip on the digital natives, and this is how we do things. But in the end, I cannot tell you whether they were millennial or Generation X or digital native that in the end, I had employees uh, who just would sacrifice anything and everything, not for interactive achievement, per se, but for the kid trying to learn or the teacher that needed just a little more help. Um, uh, I remember 
remember helping a teacher on Halloween in Henry County, Virginia, at 9 o'clock at night. He was trying to build an assessment. And then he just did it. <laughs> that's wow. what we did. This is how you did it. And that's just the way the culture was. And uh, you just can't think. I could never thank my uh, employees and peers enough for what they sacrificed. John, that's great. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap there for this segment. So um, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the golden age and really about how do you shape culture. So again, uh, we got Jonathan Hagmeyer on for the show today. We'll be back in two minutes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Aliens with Gas, we are the Extraterrestrial Rock Show, airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix, a phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, do. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and so glad you could be with us today. I'm on the phone today with, uh, or on the show, with uh, Jonathan Hagmar. Jonathan is the former CEO of Interactive Achievement and the current CEO of Commonwealth. It is a, uh, the Commonwealth Group is a private investment firm. And also, if you're interested, John is available for speaking. So if you've enjoyed his topics and are interested in learning more about the lessons that he has to share, he is uh, available for speaking engagements and would love to come in and work with you. So uh, please go out uh, to either his website, so you can look up Jonathan Hagmeyer, we'll have it in the show notes, or just look at look at uh, the Volca- Voltage Leadership website, and we've got links to it as well. 
So, John, before the break, you know, we were in the pit of despair, you know, and, and the next chapter of the book is really the third section, the golden years. And we talked a lot about things like culture and your employees and your values. You know, what, what really led you out of the pit of despair into those golden years? Well, hands down, our culture. When we shifted in the middle of the pit of despair, when I tell people you have to find a bottom, and mm. we found our bottom right around 2011, and middle of 2011, 12, uh, right in that area. And we came out of there. I actually had all the employees, we had 37 at the time, wrote me a letter on what they felt interactive achievement should be. And from there, you, uh, Dr. Long and I read those letters, and basically what they said is we want to be honorable, unselfish, and generous, and what we called hug. And that led us out of the pit, I will tell you. That and finding, um, so that being the core of our culture, and then when I found an investor, he fit our culture. Matt Spetzler was a, just one of the most honorable guys in the world. Um, so he fit really well into our culture from an investor, investor standpoint. Um, and then when we went to hire the, I'll call them the, the dream team executive team, um, uh, I was ready to find the right people and I knew how. I wasn't doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a, dis- a different result. We had taken a different path, uh, a different way, and um, we were ready to accept the next level of people, and we knew how to recognize them. So that's what led us out of that. Wow, that's uh, there's a lot to unpack there. You know, and so- not accepting mediocrity. Let me throw that in. <laughs> 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 recognizing that I can't do the same thing over and over again. So. And expect well, different. Yeah, you know, there's another conversation that, uh, let me just add to that too. Um, that was a lot of change for the organization. But John, you you remember we were, we were having the, also the conversation about you had to grow as a CEO. You had to reinvent yourself. And so I'd want our listeners to also understand that um, I was with Carillion yesterday and there are a couple of the vice presidents that are, are in that same transformation that you're in where they had grown the stuff that they used to do and cared about and were so passionate about, they now had to delegate that out and they had to go on to some other places. And yeah. I just remember for you, that was one of the hard challenges because you're a really great relationship builder, fantastic with the customers, really like to be on the floor and being able to connect with people. And now all of a sudden, you've got to be out with superintendents in bigger kind of conversations at national conferences, meeting with investors, helping the board understand things. That was a big, yep. big transformation for you. Yeah, yeah, and I'll be honest with you, if I couldn't have made that, uh, I would have needed to step down as the CEO. If I couldn't have done that, because then I would have become the hurdle. I watch a lot of CEOs are the hurdle um, because they can't, once again, you can't get out of your own way, and and the way you get out of your own way is you grow. Either you move out of the way or you grow to the next level. And when Mm -hmm. I hired my executive team, I remember, Jeff, the conversation you and I had, you looked at me in the the eye and you say, are you, ready? are you ready to go to the next level? Because if you don't, Tom uh, Hawes and Marcy Daniel and Lorraine Lang, uh, all these top executives, I uh, had Richard Hammer, Jacob, uh, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? What do you mean they're going <laughs> what? I'm John Hagmark, Jeff. Come on now, buddy. <laughs> You're the and, man. And uh, literally, I had to stop. And then, you know, I wasn't playing uh, college football anymore. You know, now I'm going to the pros. Uh, I wasn't, um, uh, I mean, you're, you don't change your personality. You are who you are. 
And when you do that and you empower and you get up and you challenge now, it's your, you have to challenge them. And once I did that, we took about six months and grew into one another. And I would tell everybody, um, you know, uh, uh, um, empowering your executive team to make decisions in areas um, and, and trusting them to listen to one another, but they make a decision. One of the greatest moments for me was when Marcy Daniel walked in my office and she says, I need you in Tennessee. And I said, what do you need me to do? And she says, I just need John Hagmeyer to be John Hagmeyer. Mm-hmm. In that moment, I realized she knew my strength. Walk in a room, get everybody jacked up, get everybody excited about education, and that's what she needed. She didn't need me to be anything else. I didn't have to go make a major decision. I didn't have to deal with an employee. I didn't have to. She needed me in that conference, in that room, in that moment, and that's. And she knew that's what we needed as a company, and that told me she understood the strengths of people. Yep, I'm not the only one who has ideas and can read people. Uh, I had a great executive team. And from that point on, we just really started to flow as a team. And even though some of the decisions we made, people didn't like and people, other executives didn't like in the room and the senior leadership, I think we all respected one another because, once again, I say to everybody on the phone, if you trust and you know how to communicate, uh, you'll have a, a solid relationship. Yeah, you know, what I say is not to take for granted how hard you guys work to become a team as well. Oh, you know, I, yeah. I remember Marcy uh, coming in and just being a little frustrated and saying, John, we just need to go off site and get to know each other for a couple of days. You know, we're like yeah. we, we just we're, we're, we're not going to know each other. And I was along for some of the ride. But, John, you led a lot of this. But we I mean, we worked on how do we make decisions? What are what are yeah. communication styles? What's our thinking patterns? You know what? What's our SWOT analysis for our own team of our strengths and weaknesses? And, you know, even, you know, you hired some of your first um, executives that were now going to be, you know, uh, virtual and not in the office every day. And we had to work yeah. at that, you know, so so I wouldn't underestimate, you know, for the listeners out there. This isn't just you kind of say, OK, it's going to happen. You guys right. where, where John really grew and developed was now he wasn't working on the next product or just, you know, talking to the next superintendent of schools. It was, how do I grow the team? How do I give space to Marcy? How do we make decisions as a team? That was a lot of the work that, John, you really did in the, in the golden years to set it up for success. Well, and I would tell you, uh, to anybody on the phone, let me give you an example of uh, the difference between the pit of despair and the golden age, which is a, this is a great example. Before I would tell in the pit of despair, I would get my team together and I would say, here's how I want you to run this process. I want you to do this. This is your sandbox. This is what you guys own. So out of these four things I need you to do, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. In the golden age, I would look across at Marcy, Jacob, and Richard Hammer, Jacob Gibson, and Marcy Daniel, and I would say, Marcy, my chief operating officer, Jacob, my chief product officer, and Richard, the chief technology officer. I would say, this company needs to know, how does an idea go from, for our product from an idea to actually happening? And that's all I said. And two mm-hmm. weeks later, they came in with the sandbox of who owned what, who the employees would go to with an idea, where does that fall in the process? How are they going to communicate to the employees? How are they going to communicate to the clients? And how does that come out of the funnel in the end as an actual feature or an idea that now becomes something solid, uh, something real? And that's the difference. If I could give you any example of 
really trusting people to to listen to one once again to listen to one another to empower each other and in the end Marcy made certain decisions Jacob made certain decisions and Richard made certain decisions and I can tell you many times they did not like what the other person's decision was but they respected it and they knew where it they but they worked it out they weren't told to do it in the sense of this is this is your power they empowered one another, and then and then it was easy because they just they didn't they, you kind of can't go against yourself there. So it was it was great. It was, that's the difference. I could, that makes any sense to people. Yeah. <clears throat> so we got a couple minutes here, John, till break. Um, you know, just maybe talk a little bit about some of the fun. You know, so the the March Madness and some of that. You know, like well, our topics have been fairly oh, yeah. heavy, but. But, you know, part of this culture was also bringing out the best in your team and letting them really get to know the clients, you know, your your school systems and things like that. You want to just give us a, an idea of a few of the fun things that you would do to, to sort of bring people into going all in with interactive achievement. So we did, you know, think of it this way. We we would play hard. And so March Madness was a, was a, was a time where uh, we forced all of our employees to watch the games from 12 to 5. They were not allowed to work. Um, in the end, we would, uh, from vacation standpoint, if you went on vacation and you didn't turn everything over to somebody that can handle, you know, and handle your job while you're gone, we catch you answering emails or phone calls. We would dock your pay because you're on vacation. Don't don't do that to your spouse. Go on vacation. Um, things like that. Our Christmas party was just a rocking night, uh, <laughs> a celebration. And th- so I want you to think of it this way: is what we did was celebrate events. And then when Jackie um, Lackey became our, uh, Jacqueline Lackey became our uh, HR director, she did uh, monthly celebrations. They would play games, uh, uh, team games and team building, but they would celebrate, we would celebrate constantly. Uh, The first four years, we celebrated all the time. The middle three years, we didn't even know how to spell celebration, and it almost destroyed us. And we found it going back into the golden years. And we... You think about you think about March Madness for three week period of time where for two days they watch the they spin a wheel for money. I mean, we had people win two hundred fifty to five hundred dollars in cash those days. No one should think about it. Just go down and get twenty five hundred dollars in cash and just give that away to your employees because a lot of them really do need it. Um, uh, and how much little that costs you just to be a little bit generous. Uh, things like that we would do during those times. And at the end we would send people on trips called Destination Unknown, when everybody put their sheet in and you won. Um, we'd send you on a four-day trip, three-day trip, and you'd get 13 letters, and you'd open up the first one and say, go to the airport, and when you land, open up the second. You had no idea where you were going. So we would come up with these things, and I want you to know I did not come up with these ideas. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would tell you Marcy Daniel did not come up with these ideas. Benny Gibson, who used to be my, before Jackie, the HR director, all of us came up with them, and we all made them better. We had these aha moments of ideas of culture, and we made them better. We listened. And so culture is going to be the most important thing to your growth. And your mm-hmm. clients will understand it, your employees will understand it, and your community will understand it. And uh, if you build a really healthy culture, ours was being honorable, unselfish, and generous. What is yours? And if you, can't, if you walked out right now to your employees and asked them, and they couldn't tell you what it was, um, you really need to put a lot of effort and time into it. So, uh, brilliant, John. 
So uh, we are up against a break. So let's let's put a wrap there, and then we'll come back and we'll share some of our lessons learned uh, to close the show. So we'll be back in two. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and again, thanks for being with us today. We've had Jonathan Hagmeyer on the show. Jonathan is the recent author of AHA to All In, Life Lessons from an Unexpected Entrepreneur. It's available on uh, Amazon.com, and, uh, you know, great book that, uh, you know, I had a joy in writing with Jonathan, so so check it out. Uh, we know several folks that are using it as book club, even some colleges are using it as a um, guide for their entrepreneurial programs, so if that's an interest of yours, please feel free to reach out to us, and, and we'll, we'll help guide you through the process. So, Jonathan, you know, this this last section, I sort of like the, the call to action. You've been so generous with all of your, your thoughts and your ideas. You know, for those listeners out there, you know, what would you say to them to, to go do? You know, lots of good suggestions here, lots of good conversation. You know, what would your call to action to the listeners be? No matter where you're at right now, I would say, uh, but um, I would say whether you're in the first four years, the middle three, or the last three, and I say that from a... If I was to define what what, what time periods look like, um, I think it all become.
becomes you have to evaluate and you have to get others to evaluate where are you, um, where is your culture, where are your decision-making process, are people being empowered, do you have the right people in the right seats? You can't do that by yourself. You need to get everyone involved in that and have an honest conversation. Uh, that would be the first call to action. And then the second call to action is listen. Mm. So I see so many people say, hey, can you tell me, what do you think about this? And I give them, yeah, you should not promote this person. Or you, I think you have it set up different. If you're asking me, I'm just looking, you know, you know, have you tried this or that? Yeah, well, I don't want to do that. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I would tell you, if you're not willing to hear and listen uh, to what that evaluation is, then I wouldn't do it. That would be a waste of your time. It doesn't mean you have to do everything that there is, but you have to honestly look at it and set your pride and ego aside and say, okay, um, what do we do next? And then go seek out those answers. Yeah, you know, from for me, having watched the story, um, you know, I think it's uh, take some chances on some people that um, – are going to go all in with you. They may not have the oh, yeah. same pedigree. You know, it, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, about uh, someone like Sam Lackey or CJ Page that, you know, th- theirs wasn't the Harvard, you know, MBA. Theirs was more a school of hard knocks and here's life's lessons. And they yeah. came in and, and they went all in and they rose up with you. Now, they didn't make it to the executive team. Maybe another five years of grooming and growing. Maybe they would have. But boy, did they come in and roll up their sleeves and want to really work with you. So I think look for talent and ways to develop it. And um, the resume, what's written on paper is not as important as the spirit and are they a cultural fit. You know, what do you think about that, John? I would say 100%. I would say even down to Alex Lagares, who we hired at the end, who was um, off-site or first really off-site vice president of sales. I remember sitting around with Marcy and Tom and Jacob and and Richard and all of them saying, you know, he fits our culture. Mm-hmm. I had no idea if Alex, I mean, on paper, sure, Alex did sales here and there, but he fit our culture really well. And uh, so uh, Sam and, and CJ and brought up people like that. Here's what I would say to everybody uh, who's listening. You have no idea the capabilities of human beings mm-hmm. until you open up a door, get out of their way, and allow them to go. And, man, it was so fun to watch a kid who, um, I'll say, was on a bagel line become our director of operations, who's now a VP of operations. But watch a kid who was an English major who oversaw all of our product. You, know, you watch that. Watch the teacher become probably one of the greatest salespeople and product developers of a education product in Jacob. And um, I watched Marcy Daniel, who was a director of marketing, become probably one of the greatest chief operating officers any company could have had. Those things don't happen if I don't step out of the way, open the door, and let them go, and let them fall down. Let them scrape their knees. Let them go face first into the cement, and then pick themselves up and get better. So that's what I would say on that. I'd say the last one I'd have, uh, you know, just watching the story is um, John had a, a really unique ability to form relationships with everybody, whether it was customers, whether it was superintendents, um, people in the community. And, and probably some of the most important were his advisors, like the three wise men or his former college professor, and, and really being humbled enough to listen. And so 
uh, I see so many folks that think that if they just work on their product a little bit more and tweak one more thing inside and they spend all their time inward facing, what made John and Interactive Achievement so successful was they went outside and found uh, suggestions from people that hadn't run an educational software company always, but had run something similar or knew how to build a team. And John would go and find experts in that and listen. So from my perspective, John, one of the greatest things you did was build relationships with people that could help you give the right type of suggestions and then you implemented them. Yeah, yeah. I was very lucky in that I had very sage and good advice. Well, I think it's more than luck. You know, John is uh, being humble here. He's learned the lessons now, John. You're 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 into the forties. I guess you're. I, I got the sage, John. You know, I, I don't think that's something. That, I don't think that's something that happens quite honestly in the twenties and early thirties. I think that's something that you that you learn over time. But I do think yeah. that that um, that is rare as a leader. There are lots of leaders that think they've got all the answers, and that gets in their way. Yeah, yeah. So, I would just uh, quote Will Kramer, um, Tucson, when I worked for him. Um, you know, you're not going to do anything good by yourself. So right. quit thinking it's about you. No, and it, it just you just have to get over that. Have to get over that, or you won't well, John, be successful. Absolutely, John. It's been a, Bill, a real honor to have you back on the show. Um, let me tell you about what John's doing now. So, so he's got Commonwealth Group that's investing in companies, but he's also he wants to share this knowledge. So he'd love to work with your company. Uh, he's co- gone and done uh, several national speaking engagements. He's also, you know, will come in and work with companies to help them assess where they are and help build and grow the organization. Um, so, you know, if you need some outside help, John could be the, the right person for you, whether it's a speaking engagement or a consulting assignment. So please know that John is available. Um, again, the book is Aha to All In, Life Lessons from an Unexpected Entrepreneur. And if you go out to johnhagmeyer.com, you can find out more information about his company. So, Jonathan, thanks for being on the show again today. Thanks, Jeff. And I think it's actually johnhagmeyer.com. Oh, sorry, johnhagmeyer.com. My bad. J-O-N, yeah. John Hagmeyer, and you know, for folks that listen to the show, it will be in the notes. Um, next week on Voltcast, we will have Lee Hubert on the show. We will be talking about uh, retention and recognition. So uh, Lee and I will have a really wide-ranging conversation on that. Uh, during the week, again, you can find us at VoltageLeadership.com or reach out to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. And like I said, uh, the transcript as well as all the information that we shared will be on the website. So if you want to try to find uh, how to order the book or get to John's website, we will link that to our webpage. We really appreciate all the folks that uh, come out uh, each and every week to listen to the show and to send us notes. Uh, you are really important to the show, and we appreciate your thoughts and suggestions. So, John, thanks for being on the show. And to our listeners, we'll talk to you next week, same time. And in the meantime, make it a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.